This is your Saturday morning source for everything Huskers. Turn, hand it off to Minter, hit in the backfield and drilled. Again, 13's there to make the tackle. Nebraska wins its fifth national championship. Giving you an inside look at everything going on in Husker Nation. This is the KLIN Husker Hour. Strike three called, and the Huskers are the Big Ten Conference champions. Dunsack got it! Underdog and then one! Exclamation point! Now, your hosts, KLIN contributor, Cole Stukenholz, and sports director, Caleb Henry. Good Saturday morning. Welcome to another edition of the KLIN Husker Hour. Might be a little... Might be a little hilarity in the uh, in the studio this morning before we take the mics on, but we're ready for October. I'm it sorry. is the end of baseball. We are kicking into shorts and hoodie weather. Caleb Henry's rocking both. That is nice I've, fresh cut. Man, I've been rocking both for a while. Not just my own fresh cut. This was cut week. Yeah? Mr. McMedia over here. Oh my goodness, look at that cheddar. I know, the I know. Flow is, the flow is gone. A lot came off. A lot came off. I think it was... Uh, yeah, it was like seven and a half months, and I know that officially because I went to the same place. You look last like you time, and they were like, "Yeah, you haven't come since like February, whatever." And I'm like, "Oh wow!" So you look like to- you would have been a relief pitcher in summer catch. <laughs> I don't even tell me you don't know what that is. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna shut my mouth. <laughs> like, like you would have come in for Freddie Prince Jr. I know who that is. I don't know what summer is that a base. Well, he's he's baseball over here movie. like, why would he come in for Shaq? Why why would he come in for the guy from Scooby Doo? I mean, that's where I know Freddie Prince Jr. From. I mean, I had a VCR. I had a little. I had a little like a small TV, and we only had like seven VCR tapes that we threw in there, and that like real life. Scooby Doo movie was was one of them. So you don't I, you don't know how happy it makes me to know that you know what a VCR is. I grew up with that was my childhood. All right, I, that was make, great. I, I I I don't know where that cut off. So we're just just making sure. Uh, we are on the Facebook Live, by the way, so you can see these these beautiful haircuts. <laughs> That's at KLI and Huskers. Thanks to Kenny Larrabee. That is Matt McMaster. That is sports director Caleb Henry. I'm Cole Stukenholtz. We are off and running here on your Saturday morning. We've got a lot to talk about. Nebraska did not lose last week. It was a great weekend. In a sense. Well, no coaches were fired. That's true. Yep, also true. And we've got a game tonight that is maybe the the easiest opponent they'll have left on the schedule, the least the least difficult opponent they'll have on the schedule and certainly with it being at home and just, you know, having two weeks to prepare and and all of the surrounding environment uh maybe their last best chance for a victory this season the most winnable game is tonight that's i i would i would 100 percent agree and we have to because there's always the the people out there that that bring it up we have to throw in the the caveat we know nebraska's one and three like we know the problems that have been there through the first four games and yet Looking at the opponent, on its face value, this is the easiest game Nebraska has on their schedule. And as we talked with uh, Lincoln Journal stars Amy just last week, it's this week and next week. If you're going to get two of these final eight to avoid double-digit losses on the year, it's these two games, Saturday, Friday, that you have to get. Um, Which both, by the way, will be played before we next take the airwaves. Yeah, yeah. Which is yeah. always interesting. Yeah, a lot's going to happen in the uh, the next seven days here. But when when you look at Indiana, like, yeah, they they should have lost to Illinois first of all. Like, I keep bringing that up, even though I a picked percent. I picked Illinois to win that game, and then I was just the person who lucked out that Illinois did. Um, for whatever reason, I about you picked Indiana. No, 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 no. Indiana. Beat no, Illinois. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I yeah. picked it. I picked Indiana, yes. and and everyone else picked Illinois right, on right. Friday Husker tailgate. For whatever reason, I've picked every Illinois game right this year. I should call Brett Bielema. And let him know what <laughs> you're thinking. Just, hey, here's what's hey, going to happen. I've been telling people. I told a lot of people that Illinois was going to be better than than what people expected. I think people thought Illinois was going to be a pushover this year, and not that they've like lit the world on fire, but they are three and one. Yeah, they they are. Uh, I think better than most folks thought. 
And, yeah. and good on you for seeing it. Because Brett Bielema does, he does things a certain way. And, I, and we should talk about, we'll, we'll talk about him in a second, because that's yeah. a, er, oh. later in the show. Because okay. I think that's a guy that we didn't really bring up. That's why I kind of brought it up. I mean, I, I think that's a guy that we really haven't brought up in our, our head coaching discussion last week. And we will have one later in the show, so stick around for that. But, yeah, yeah absolutely. I mean, this is, this is the game, right? If you're going to have a game, this is the game to win. And, uh, you know, we can dive deep in a second about the matchup. But I think... Uh, the possibility for having a double-digit loss season is is in the back of people's heads right now. In, in the back of you know the media and back of the the fans of the Huskers, um, it will be it might be a reality if they don't win this game today. I mean that's just that's just the truth because you're going down the schedule like we said. You have Murderers Row to end the season with Michigan, Wisconsin, Iowa, along with Minnesota, who's looked really really good to start the season. I mean they might be better. I think people were looking at that. I I was the as the third team right as in terms of like who you're going to play. Minnesota has emerged not only as the third team. They might be the second best team they're going to play in that stretch behind Michigan. So I, like you said, Indiana this week. Rutgers on Friday, mm-hmm. got to win those two games. Um, and honestly, you win those two games, you have Illinois at home. Like I said, I like Illinois. If you win that game, who's to say that a bowl game isn't out of the conversation? I I hate I I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to drink as much Kool Aid as 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 I have in the in the early season. But these are three teams. That objectively, if you look at the recruiting rankings, you look at the transfer portal, Nebraska should have more talent than the, than these teams. And talent hasn't men, meant jack squat over the last five weeks, six weeks we've been in this season. But still, it is a factor. It's a reason why Nebraska's 1-3 and three and favored in this game. I believe the last time I looked at the line, they were favored by five points. It's gone up. Yeah. yeah it's gone so up. It, it, this, is, this is a game you have to win. If you beat Rutgers, then you beat Illinois. Maybe you start talking about a bowl game again. But at the same time, you lose this game. I don't think. I think two and ten is a real, real possibility. I think you just got to take what what you have in front of you. As as we heard Mickey Joseph say this week, they're Absolutely. looking at it as a fresh start. Mm-hmm. So when you're looking at the the season big picture, yes, you have two thirds of it left. But for this staff, and now you've got your interim defensive coordinator for the first time, Bill Bush, mm-hmm. um, because it was still Eric Chenander against Oklahoma, you get to see what any of those changes have been over the last two weeks. What got worked on in the bye week? What maybe schematically can change a little bit? Obviously, you can't do an overhaul, um, but you could move some guys around. You can get some different guys' reps. You can see what maybe is working that wasn't working before, and you can say this was working before, but we're going to go away from it because we don't think that's going to fit with with the current game plan. Like You can go through and switch a lot of those things up just because you've got different people in charge. Now, when you're looking at going and and trying to beat Indiana, like, you have to. Like, over the course of just wanting to have a fresh start and go forward with what you have here, you have to beat Indiana. Um, Because things, even with, yeah, Rutgers then becomes the next most winnable game, but you're on the road on a Friday, so it's weird. And then Purdue on the road. And then you're at home with Illinois, who seem to have had your number the last couple of years. Like, the things don't necessarily get a whole lot easier. But if you were going to build the momentum into, we're going to go win this game. And the reason that that line keeps moving, by the way, is because national people dislike Indiana more than they dislike Nebraska for whatever that reason is. And everyone else can see what Nebraska's been too. Like, this isn't just local media and local people drinking the Kool-Aid. These are national bettors moving this line further and further for Nebraska because of how much they dislike Indiana. So you have to factor that part into it as well, that it's not just that people see what the problems are with Nebraska and see that there have been obvious failures from a development, from a recruiting, to building what Nebraska should have been by now. And that's the reason you have a coaching change. They dislike Indiana more. And I think that says a lot for our outlook tonight. It, it does. And look, the the way that Nebraska is being viewed, not just today, but but kind of for the the last eight games here. Earlier in the season, 
Matt, you brought up, hey, don't don't throw it out. They they could go on a little bit of a run here. I would have laughed in your face preseason because I know what the this this head coach was about, and I knew just in in what I felt, I didn't see it from this team under that leadership, and I I didn't expect that to happen. I think you can maybe reserve judgment until you see what it looks like now tonight with Mickey Joseph having now three weeks at the helm, not having to have played a game since Oklahoma 14 days ago, getting Bill Bush in as the D.C., and seeing if those two with those guys at the helm and Mark Whipple as the the offensive coordinator still, if they can unlock something. Because as you mentioned, transfer portal, recruiting rankings, I would agree Nebraska has more talent on the field than Indiana, Rutgers, even Purdue and Illinois, who I don't think they'll be favored against. Maybe Illinois at home, we'll see. But that talent was never the issue. Coaching was the issue. Tom Allen versus Scott Frost, that was not... I mean, Tom Allen wins that matchup to me. Greg Schiano, same thing. Jeff Brom, same thing. Brett Bielema, same thing. Mickey Joseph's more of an unknown. I don't know what we're going to get. I don't know that anybody does, if you're being honest. I, I think it's an uphill battle, certainly, because that personnel is what it is at this point. You can't go and get guys in the transfer portal in, in week four of the season. Um, but there is more hope that I think is warranted at this point because you do have a new message from the top. You have a different energy. You have a different focus. Maybe they're doing things a little bit differently that these guys are ready for a change in some way. And that, that unlocks whatever potential is behind that talent. And maybe the coaching can finally become instead of being a detriment, it becomes a a factor in your favor going forward. I think that, I don't, and I know this is a different sport, but do you guys know what makes, what the belief is that makes the best shooters in the NBA the best shooters? It's confidence. Confidence. Yeah. Yep. Yep. If you have, if you have no confidence, you're not going to make your shot. If you have confidence, you'll make more than, than probably your ability will tell. Shoot or shoot. If you look at what O'Shawn Mathis said as soon as Scott Frost got fired, it was, there's a, there's a losing culture here. There's a lot of guys who just hang their heads. There's a lot of guys who, you know, they've just been through so much and been so, so many close games. It's just not a winning culture right now. And I know Mickey wasn't very happy about what he said. I don't disagree with O'Shawn, though, especially the guy who just who was at TCU, who did win games, came here, you know, and, and experienced that. And then you look at Brody Belt, who said this week at press conferences, look, every week we're zero and zero. We're zero, and, zero. and every week we're trying to go one and zero. And... You know, you could say we're one and three and this and that, blah blah blah. We're zero and one at Big Ten play, so you can't tell us that we're not gonna that we don't have a shot at the West. That quote kind of was like, all right, cool, like and like how he said it, the conviction that he said it, with the the belief that he had, and maybe you know he's really well media trained. I don't know, but I mean that that stood stood out to me, and it's when I when you go back to that confidence, homecoming night game, Memorial Stadium sold out. New coach, rough season, everything that have that has could have gone wrong has gone wrong this season. Yet, if they pull out this win tonight, and if they pull it out in commanding fashion and play like the way that a lot of people thought they would to start the season, that is just going to to not double, triple, that will quadruple the confidence of not only this entire roster, but this entire coaching staff and this entire fan base. And who's to say you can't take that and carry that into another winnable game against Rutgers, a team that they've beaten in the past, in the past years, unlike some of these other Big Ten teams. Now, the caveat to that is you lose this game tonight, it's over, in my opinion. You lose against Indiana, I mean, any any... Salva- salvageable thing about this program to me is just he can throw it out the window. Well, you're, you're talking the the thing you're talking about is momentum. Yes, the and the the so le- long way. I put it a very long way. No, that's yeah. okay. We we've got the long way around. Um, short story long. Where we're at this season when we think about momentum, the last time I think this football team and this football program had real momentum in 2022 was in Dublin after scoring 14 straight. Which time? They did it twice. Out of halftime. Right, right. I know, yeah. That's the last time this program, I thought, had season-building momentum. Mm -hmm. Now, yes, obviously, you went through and they were able to go 
go blow for blow with Georgia Southern, which is not the best sentence in the world, um, especially when you end up losing. And yeah, you end up beating North Dakota State, and um, you came out with your hair on fire against Oklahoma. But those are all just within those games. You don't see what the season can build from that type of that type of momentum. Yeah. You saw what the momentum could have built into against Northwestern in the season opener against a conference opponent. And yes, we all see what Northwestern's become the rest of this season. But when you're looking at it, that's the last time I believe this program had season building momentum. Mm-hmm. And I know some people want to go look and say, well, if the kicker put it closer to the sideline, and I know that that's true too, but it comes back to that onside kick. That's the last time this football program had season-building momentum. You can do that today. Like, you have a chance to go get that again today, but it's been missing for more than a month. Yeah. And this game tonight, may mirror a little bit of what that Georgia Southern game was. If oh, it's absolutely at, going to, yes. If, if you look at what the over-under is set at, if you look at what these defenses have failed to accomplish in terms of stopping people, uh, and, and the offenses have had their moments, uh, mm-hmm. obviously Nebraska... Nebraska struggled last, uh, you know, two weeks ago against Oklahoma, but uh, they're certainly capable. Of I mean, I wouldn't even right count that as I wouldn't even count that as the the offense necessarily struggling. Oklahoma's had a, a really good defense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, both both offenses, I think, are are poised to do some things tonight. I think for me, uh, a watch a lot of that Cincinnati Indiana game. Mickey Joseph wasn't kidding when they said when he said, "Hey, this team is high tempo. They're fast paced. They are. They. I mean, it is it is rapid fire. How these guys get up on the line and go. The interesting thing though is it's like they're not running like a spread type of like West Coast offense. They're still using two tight ends. They're still using two running backs. They'll have a fullback. Oh yeah, they'll run. They'll, they'll run. They'll with run the, with the their ball. little five seven back. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they have. They run a Big Ten offense. It's just. They get a call, they get the personnel out, they're going. And that causes a lot of problems. And typically, and look, not to not to diss Indiana in any way, and Nebraska honestly is in the same boat. They're a 3-1 team, they're good at football, they have a really good coach, but you play that type of offense when you don't really have that like dynamic, insane first-round running back or wide receiver or quarterback, and like not a lot of teams do. But when they, they, they are that coaching, I mean, that's a great signal of good coaching right there. Tom Allen knows who he's got. Connor Bazalek, good, you know, fine quarterback. I think he's a fine college quarterback. He's going to make some throws today where you're going to be like, I don't know about that. But then he's going to lead this team on the drives. They haven't scored less than 20 points the entire season. I mean, they are going, they are going to score today, and they're going to march down the field, and they're going to be point. But they're also going to be points where I think Nebraska might end up getting two, three, four turnovers today because that's kind of what Indiana has done throughout this season. Um, but, but you have to play closer to the line. Oh, Indiana. well, you, I you honestly... Can't leave, you can't leave eight yards sure. in front of you as a corner and a sure. linebacker because Absolutely. you're just going to go... Indiana will just slice you up with two-yard slants and yeah. they'll go pick up the rest. But the thing is, too, though, what I noticed with Indiana, it's not like Georgia Southern where they're going to dink and dunk and then they're just going to gash you, right? Or they're just going to kind of play the weight and they're going to spar with you and then have that big play. They have really good chemistry. They know how to run that offense. The ball's going to come out quick, but they're still getting 9, 10, 13, 15, 20-yard gains. I don't know if they're really going to take the top off the defense too much. Um, but this is – it is a – The quarterback's I, averaging 6 or 8 yards an attempt. No, but if you look at if you look at the longs of like the oh the longs yeah, yeah because each each wide he throws to like he threw to seven different wide receivers in Cincinnati and they all had over ten yards. If you look at that opening drive, they were they're not running they're not getting the ball out in two seconds and throwing the ball five yards. They're running actual routes and they're and then they're looking off. That's just him not being the best. QB, like I said, he's fine. He's not great. Mm-hmm. I don't think that has anything to do with what I'm trying to say is I don't think the actual scheme is like death by a thousand cuts. I think they're just going to go quick and they're just going to boom, boom, boom. They'll know? still have like a six minute drive at some point. They today. will. They will. But they're gonna they're gonna be quick. It, you know, their numbers aren't incredibly impressive, but they can score because of just how rapid they go. And I honestly, I think that's good for Nebraska because they can get set. And Bill Bush has been talking about simplifying the defense. Yeah, we'll give you our score predictions later on in the show. Uh, a little bit more breakdown uh, on what we'll expect to see on the field tonight. And also, some more coaching talk. But when we come back, some volleyball discussion. Uh, your top five Huskers 
dominant last night. They've got another match coming up this weekend out east. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll also hit on some big news from Trev. Well, mascot news when we come back here on the KLI and Husker Hour. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media, source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Your Saturday morning source for everything Huskers is right here. You're listening to the KLIN Husker Hour on Lincoln's Husker Radio, 1499.3 KLIN. Rolling along here on your Saturday morning. This is the KLI and Husker Hour with Matt, Caleb, and Cole. Kenny's got us on the Facebook Live. Well, look at, at your KLI name going Huskers. first. I know. Look at you. I'm still not on the intro, but you know, maybe maybe someday no. we'll send an email. No. You 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 weren't there for the photo shoot. You don't get to be part of that. <laughs> I feel like that's ridiculous. I feel like if you're I mean, if I I'm officially a third co host of the show, I think I should I'm not asking to be a part of the photo shoot. I'm just with with Cole, with KLIN contributor Cole Stukenholt, Matt McMaster, and Caleb Henry. Radio intern Matt McMaster. I'm not a radio intern. We you, put, and, you and ESPN. We put his name on the ticker one time, and look how big his head gets. I'm, I've Man. been here. I've been here for the last <laughs> eight, nine shows. I'm not I'm not, not coming anymore. I'm going to be a part of the for the foreseeable future. I just want a, I just want a line. Well, That's all I'm asking for. All, all Rutgers is asking for is to score double digit, double digit. Oh, we got a G sets, thanks lady last didn't night. Get it done. Twenty five to seven in the second. Holy crap! Volleyball uh, sweep out in Piscataway yesterday in front of twelve hundred so or so fans, and uh, Nebraska hitting a season high four oh five, season high twelve aces. It was uh, it was over quick yesterday, Caleb. It was. It was. And it was one of those things that because I Matt and I went to opening night for Nebraska men's and women's basketball, so I'm paying attention to the volleyball match and I'm watching, I'm just going, Holy crap. There it was like twenty to six and I went, Is this gonna happen? Mm-hmm. Is this gonna happen? And it was like a thirteen to two run to end that second set. Yep. Rutgers scored thirty five total points last night over three sets. <laughs> So if you add everything up, it was seventy-seven to thirty-five. That's hard to do. I mean, it's a rally scoring. Yeah. So it, it all, all it takes is like when you talk thirty-five. I'm sure there's how many how many um, errors did Stanford and Ohio oh, State geez, like between both of them yeah bo- yeah both of them had more than thirty-five errors yeah and I think it was was it Ohio State who had twenty something. Almost thirty service errors. Yeah, like when you're looking at the way to just granted get, those went five sets, but right? Still, but but still, that's a way to just get a bunch of free points. Yeah. And Nebraska didn't do that. You, you mentioned the twelve aces. Like Nebraska has not done that. They had four players get at least two. Um, you had Kennedy Orr and Lexi Rodriguez both get three. Yep. Like that. That's phenomenal. And, and you mentioned what Nebraska hit. Rutgers hit a negative percentage. They hit below zero. Yeah, first time for Nebraska doing that to an opponent since November 2019. Big Ten foe, specifically. Big Ten foe, yeah. Northwestern. Um, Lonstein had 11 kills. Kubik had nine. You, you look at what this team continues to do. Obviously, Nicklin and Hames is still out, so they're still running that 6-2 with Orr and Ani Evans. Mm-hmm. Um, things things looked good. Like This is an opponent that things should look good for you. Um and now you get to see Michigan State tomorrow, a team that you swept. Maryland. 
Maryland? Oh, I got the the schedule out of order. Yeah, this is this is the East East Coast. Maryland and Rutgers together on this. Road oh, trip. that's right. And then Michigan, it'll be Michigan at Michigan State, State next weekend. Yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah, you you got to go clean things up against against Maryland, and then yeah, a Michigan State team. You'll start to see teams twice. Yep. As you go through some of the schedule, but man, this is where things had to get right for you. Coming off of win number eight hundred one, mm. where. You had to go five sets. You had to claw back against an Ohio State team. The crowd absolutely plays a part in that. I know sometimes like we look at it as just some coach speak when Cook goes, wow, the crowd really helped us out today. You feel it in that arena how big of an impact Nebraska fans have on Nebraska volleyball and their opponents and the pressure coming from the rafters on the opposing teams. That's why we've that's why I firmly believe we've seen so many service errors from opposing teams. Yeah. Is there's a lot of pressure in that gym. It's heavy air. And they they're hitting it long. They're hitting it into the net. There's a lot of pressure going on for everyone in there. Um Maggie Mendelson obviously was at volleyball in Piscataway, so she couldn't be at opening night. Um Matt made the mistake of asking does she cuz we're cuz we know she's a two-sport athlete. Yeah. And Nothing against like nothing against you, Matt. He just doesn't he doesn't watch a lot of the volleyball and the women's basketball right now because it hasn't gotten to women's basketball. No, no, no. It hasn't gotten to women's basketball season yet. Sure, is where where I was going with yes. that. Not okay. that you haven't historically okay. watched women's basketball. Thank you. Yet, so as volleyball season's going on, and I am our main person ca- covering volleyball, Matt asked, "Does she play?" Speaking of Maggie Mendelson. And as, in, I see, as in, will she see the court? Well, no, no, no. Does she play volleyball? Oh, like, okay. like because okay. she's not at opening night. Is she just going with the team ah, okay, just gotcha, to gotcha. be there with the team? Does she play? Yeah. And I went, yeah, as a matter of fact, because there's the 6-2 and Allie Batenhorst is out. She rotates in. She's on that right side. She's part of the rotation going through there. As a matter of fact, she came in as a middle blocker. Really good 6-5, but she's had to play some of the pin hitter position, and she looks really good. <laughs> and, and then I go, I'll stop her right there. <laughs> and I'm like, sounds great. It's okay. He's like, all right, I should not have asked that. Yeah. Caleb trying to get Matt canceled this morning. Um, but no, it, I don't know how. I I no, I'm sorry. I don't. I first off, I don't own. I barely own the Big Ten Network. I definitely don't own the Big Ten Plus. So it's kind of difficult for me to watch those games. Along with that, there's just a lot. Go, there's a lot going on. But go volleyball. They're great. They're awesome. They're well, so good. I probably should start watching. But it's like I don't really know the sport, and I don't. I I maybe one of these days I should commit myself to really. To really like, if you ever told me, "Hey, this season you're going to have to like report on volleyball," I'm all in. I'll yeah. go like, I'll yeah. start, I'll start company doing man. all that stuff. I am a company man, Matt McMaster, company man. But look, I, I, they're great. I'll watch their playoff run aimlessly because I don't know what's going on. I really don't know the strategy, but I'll, you know, I, I know all the names and stuff like that. They're a great team. It's great. It's awesome, and it's and it's so great that. Nebraska fans have this. They have something yeah. to, you know, be proud about. Absolutely. And, and and a point that I think we could also make about what we're seeing with Nebraska just blowing Rutgers off the floor. This is something that John Cook does. Mm-hmm. Every single season is he figures it out in non-conference play. He gets that mo- that M word momentum or however we got to it earlier. Mm-hmm. You build that momentum, you figure out your rotations, you see who is going to be your main contributors and who you can count on in those big fourth and fifth set moments when you need to close a team out, and and then you get rolling. So these these opponents that are not the top 25 type Big Ten opponents, this is where you start to hit your stride as a, a Nebraska volleyball team rolling towards that tournament and and figuring out, okay, this is how we're going to get it done in 2022. Because it seems like it's a different way every single season with John Cook. Yeah, and I think a part of that, though, as you said, he figures it out in the non-conference. He still hasn't figured out this te- this team and what lineup they're going to go with. Because Nicklin Haynes is still out. Allie Batenhorst, she played one set last night. But she hasn't she hasn't consistently played because she's been hurt. Those are two players that when you get to NCAA tournament time... You're going to want both of them on the floor. Absolutely. Um, granted, like we haven't seen a lot of of, of Batenhorst, but you're going to want her out there because she's another giant you can put at the net, and she can go hammer at home. And obviously, you know what you've got 
with Knuckles and Kubik, and you've been running both Ani Evans and, and Kennedy Orr out there, but Lexi Rodriguez, Lonstein, Krause, Becca Alex stepping in as a freshman, Maggie Mendelson stepping in as a freshman. You saw Macy Bosiger um, get in. She's a, she's a true freshman. Yeah. Um, so she came in a little bit of the setting duties. And, of course, Caitlin Horde, who continues to lead the team in blocks every single week. Yeah. Like, and she hit 750 last night, by the way. No big deal. So... Get it to the middles more. The tight ends of volleyball. Get it to the middles more. No, this is this is a program that's built for success, and now they're into the Big Ten play. This is where things start to get really interesting. Yeah, for sure. And and getting interesting here on the show as well as we get a, we're going to dig into some coaching discussion, coaching search news. Uh, let's see if our lists have evolved at all in the intervening uh, week here since the first time we had this discussion, uh, and and maybe some some. Nebraska candidate matchups out there on the college football schedule today again. Uh, we'll run all that down, and uh, we'll hit a little bit on opening night for basketball uh, as we roll on here as well. Uh, this is the KLI and Husker Hour. Stick with us. Remember your kids' first steps? Yes! Remember that great birthday dinner? Uh, did you remember your anniversary? Today is, uh... Well, maybe you'll remember while you're sleeping on the dog bed. (sighs) Memories are not made in traffic. Before you leave, remember to check in. Oh, scoot over, dog. More living, less driving. Time-saving traffic updates on 1499.3 KLIN. Inside look at everything Huskers. This is the KLIN Husker Hour on 1499.3 KLIN. More. More fun, fun and frivolity in the breaks here uh, in the studios. Maybe we should leave our, leave our mics on during the breaks. This is the KLIN Husker Hour. We're live on uh, the Facebook page. Do not at, recommend. At KLIN Huskers. Thanks to Kenny Larrabee with uh, nope. Caleb Henry and Matt McMaster. I'm Cole Stukenholtz. And uh, right now, Nebraska's head coach is Mickey Joseph. But 10 weeks from now, who knows? It may or may not still be Mickey Joseph. Uh, my money's probably on somebody other than Mickey Joseph at this point. Uh, but there have And that's been... nothing against Mickey. No, certainly not. I just don't know how, how well his audition's going to go with the current set of circumstances that he's being handed. Mm-hmm. If he turns it around and does something with it, yeah, that's going to definitely up his, his chances. But he... at this point, yeah, I, I, think it's, I think it's fair to say he's probably not my favorite uh, to, to get the job. Um, and, and I think there are some additional pieces of information this week, Mm -hmm. uh, that probably reinforce that. Can I get a 45 second monologue real quick? Please. On the clock. Go. I, nothing annoys me more than all these, these people on Twitter, right? Who have their list. Okay. Nothing wrong with having a head coaching list. Right. But every single week they adjust it. They're like, Oh, the. Lance Lapold beat Duke, and, the, and Matt Campbell lost to Baylor, and this and that, and they're adjusting it like ESPN college football power rankings, okay? Th- this is not, I'm sorry, maybe it's not that big of a deal, but I can't stand it, okay? Head coaching power rankings, these guys have already proven what they're supposed to prove. Should it adjust a little bit throughout the season? Yeah, if a, if a team, if a coach's team doesn't have as great a season as they did last year, maybe it goes down a little bit. But if we're doing a week-by-week basis, I can't I can't do this anymore, okay? We have we have three months of this left. I can't do the, oh, this guy did this, this guy did that, so I'm going to adjust. I can't do it. Let's just, let's talk about, okay, now I'm done with the monologue. I'm glad we're talking about candidates, but I just can't stand the just consistent movement of power rankings. So I would I would say that if you are somebody out there that is moving guys up and down based on your 2022 performance alone, I don't no. think that's a good way to go no, about it. No, absolutely not. It's that, the worst way to go about because, it. Because Trev's definitely not doing that. that you no, know? that being said, there's still room for finding out some new information. Absolutely. Learning more about... That's, that's what I want to get into sure. this discussion with because I feel like... Over the course of this, I mean, God, it's going to be three months by the time we're done with this thing. I, I know. <laughs> we are going to know 
We're going to know like these guys' elementary school teachers because they will have been interviewed by Channel 8, and they're going to talk to the Lincoln Journal star, and like that's how deep into these these coaching bios or these deep dives. What I mean, obviously, this is something that people are interested in. That content is being consumed, so it will continue to flow from us in the media. Ours, ours, ours truly included. Well, you got to know all that stuff. You got to know that Lane Kiffin was born in Nebraska. You've got to go that know that Dave Aranda has a philosophy degree. Did you, you know that know, Kalen DeBoer is from South Dakota? You got to know that Brett Bielema's dad is in the official Hall of Fame in Iowa. Dave Doran's from Kansas City. Midwest ties, Matt. Don't you love it? Who cares? Just get me wins. <laughs> Just prove. I'm sorry. This whole like, where were you born and where did you go to school and did we win when you went to school is just absolutely. Mike Gundy's killing. sister used to live here. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Like the whole like, not a joke. Like like the like the whole like, dude. Can you recruit? Shout out Sean. Callahan. Can you develop I talent? That from him. Can you develop talent? You can. Okay. Have you won? All right. Come on in. I th- that's literally that's literally okay. what we have okay. to do. Okay. I'm how sorry. Has, since the last time we talked about this, how has your list like is is it still the exact same? Are you feeling better about some coaches, worse I, about I, some coaches? I think as I've done more reading, Mark Stoops probably won't leave Kentucky. But other than that, he's still my number one guy. I I someone look, you brought up Fickle. I, I didn't think of Fickle at the time. I think he falls in the Stoops category where mm-hmm. he probably won't leave. Kiffin is interesting. I didn't really think of Kiffin just because it was a long shot. He's kind of, he's been in the SEC. It seems like he it, it at least up until recently. You know, we've seen the Twitter videos and whatnot. He laughed it, at a Larry Larry the Cable Guy tweet. That yesterday. that that and that and like he's saying <laughs> that the old you know he's not happy that the old Miss fans aren't coming to or leaving at halftime and all that stuff. So look, maybe he's not as happy as I thought he was in Ole Miss. I thought Lane Kiffin being in the SEC and kind of moving his way up the SEC ladder made sense, especially for how he runs his offense. But hey. Maybe he is a wild card. Maybe you do. You, 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 you know, he ends up being the coach of this team. So I think he's on my radar more now than he was last week. But in terms of movement, nah, not really. I, I do think it's interesting, though. There hasn't been a whole lot of traction on Chris Kleiman. Kansas State just beat Oklahoma. I don't know. I know that he recently just got the Kansas State job. He hasn't really been there for a full cycle to recruit and, and develop that talent. Um, but I think that he deserves a call now. I mean, you think he's, I think he's done a really good job with that talent, that program. Heck, he's taken, you know, players that Nebraska, for better or for worse, decided not to have on their team this year. So, Matt, has Chris Kleiman been there for like no, 15 no, no, years? No, 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 no. When we started this segment, what did you say about adjusting? How I, no, you no, 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 no. I didn't say. I didn't. Say, you asked me how has my list changed. I said. No, no, no. I said Before Lane. That. I said Lane Kiffin. I'm looking at now, and and you should call Chris Kleiman. I didn't say that Chris Kleiman went from nine to no, two. No, that's not what I'm saying. That's not what I'm saying. Here, we'll get to it. When we started this segment, and you asked for 45 seconds, which you took 55, by the way. <laughs> you said. People should not be adjusting their lists or adjusting how they feel based on week-to-week performance. And then you just said, because Kansas State beat Oklahoma, he He deserves a phone call now. A phone call. He was already there to begin with. By the way, he's been at Kansas State for four years. Okay, so I kind of, I got that wrong. This is his first full cycle. Cole, how's your list changed? Are you warming up on somebody, cooling on somebody? Where are you at? Your Honor, my client is innocent. <laughs> I didn't. I. I. What I said did not contradict what I said before. I. I'll, I didn't I'll say that it. Chris Kleiman went from eleven to eight or to eight on my list. I, I just feel said, very lawyerly should, sitting over here in this, with this mic, Judge Henry. Well, th- this is the lawyer seat. The I don't know that there's those big, bright, shiny stripes on robes, though. Anyway, I. I would say that my list. I. I maybe would have moved uh, Dave Aranda up a slot. Kind of, kind of judging the the connections to Mickey Joseph, the connections to Bill Bush. I knew you were going to say something. Like Vince, that. Vince Guinta, dude. I didn't, I didn't realize all these connections last week. I'm just saying, if you are talking about, if you're Trev Alberts and you and you want to have a a quicker than normal transition, if you want to I have agree. somebody who can get in here in Lincoln and hit the ground running a little bit more than somebody else, if that's something that you have high on your priority list. If it's something that you value in your in your head coaching candidates, having Mickey Joseph and, and retaining him on the staff in some capacity, 
Same with Bill Bush. Vince Guinta was down at Baylor as a player personnel guy. He's yeah. here in Lincoln. And and Dave Aranda's already discussed connections in the Big Ten, having been a defensive coordinator and a damn good one at Wisconsin. All of that, I think, is pretty valuable, and it's something that I had not spent enough time learning about as of last week. So Dave Aranda maybe up to number two on my board. I still go Matt Campbell number one. Uh, and and yes, I'm aware that Dave Aranda just beat Matt Campbell. You see what I did there, Matt? I didn't. Yep. I didn't move Aranda up above I Matt Campbell that. simply for I winning I appreciate that. Thank you. All Thank right. you. All right. But it didn't hurt. <laughs> here's the, here's the thing. Real quick, quick, Cole. I I I'm sorry. I shoot off your point no. really quickly, and I shouldn't. I think Hit you me. make great points. At the same time, I am more looking at it as. Why would this guy want to come to Nebraska? Not necessarily. Why would Nebraska want this guy? Okay? Is his is his playoff route in the Big Twelve? No, easier than well, what it would well, be in the well, Big Ten. Qu- no, 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 no. I. Yes. Oh my God. I I totally agree with you in terms of that. I'm not I'm not speaking in terms of that. I'm speaking in terms of is Dave Aranda going to want to leave Baylor because he's got a friend in Mickey Joseph and and the the other guy, uh, Gunta. Guinta, I think. Guinta, Guinta. I don't. I. I think that's valuable for Nebraska. I think Nebraska probably looks at it and is like, "Yeah, we have like these guys who like Aranda. They've they they have good connections with them, and like right away, like they have some chemistry, and we don't really have to worry about like how this coaching staff is going to gel together, so on and so forth." But like in terms of Aranda, I. If you're, I don't know what you're like. In terms of like, yeah, who would you want Nebraska to have? I would move Aranda up for that reason because I would like my guys to have a good staff and to be rolling right away. I think but that's in the, terms, I think that's the ter- discussion though. Sure. It's, it's who would you want? Who not- would you want? Okay, that's fine. Yes, that's fine. Okay, I think that's valid. I'm sorry, I just saw a lot of Twitter this week <laughs> after these press conferences because you know I go to these press conferences, and I'm mm-hmm. there, and then you read Twitter, and I'm like. You know, I react to them live, and then you see what Twitter, and everyone's like, oh my God, Mickey Joseph said Dave Aranda again, and this and then he brought up Bill Bush and Dave Aranda. Yeah. Circle the wagons, Aranda's coming. It's like, that's got, guys, that's kind of how it works. Okay. Yeah, when you get down the road, obviously it'll become whether or not that coach wants to come to Lincoln. Yes. But where you're at on building your list and how we feel about him, absolutely. It's who we want. Sure. And now when I'm looking at that, my five that I had were Luke Fickle, Dave Aranda, Mark Stoops, Lane Kiffin, and Mike Gundy. I will say I'm cooling on Fickle and Stoops. Because I'm, you don't think they'll come here? Uh, the part of it, but also I think like Stoops is in a really good position. So, so yeah, a little bit of it is I don't think they'll come here. But also I'm heating up more on how I feel about Aranda, Lane Kiffin, Mike Gundy. I'm also heating up a little bit with uh, Kalen DeBoer. Mm. When you're looking at one of my top five last week, yeah, someone who has stepped into roles and immediately taken them from whether it was an, as an offensive coordinator or a head coach, immediately gone from losing season to winning season. So someone who's been able to step into those types of roles before with programs who've been on the downside and taken them to having a little bit more productivity. So yeah, get, yeah exactly. I, I have this. This is the graphic from the game earlier this week. Yes. So Kalen DeBoer season before record, and then first season with that team. Fresno State his first stint one and eleven before ten and four as an offensive coordinator his first season. Indiana five and seven before eight and five offensive coordinator his first season. Fresno State four and eight. Then he comes as a head coach three and three as a head coach after a four and eight year that was twenty twenty shortened season. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, Washington four and eight before that four and zero oh so far this season as a head coach. He's so, had three years of head coaching. No, no, no. Years. So I'm not. I'm not saying that he's my number one. Okay. I'm saying I'm You're warming heating up. Yeah, okay. I'm heating okay. up okay, with fine. it. It's someone who wasn't on my top five. I don't mean to more, play. I don't mean to play gatekeeper here on, on your. List of your records. Right, I'm no. sorry about that, but no, yeah, I sure. And that's the thing about cool. how long we have through this process is who are we feeling a little bit better about right now? Who are we feeling a little bit worse about? As I we hate it, dude. no, no, no. It's as we gather more information. Absolutely. Uh, this week we learned a lot more about the connection that Dave Aranda has with guys who are currently in Lincoln mm-hmm. and what that can mean for them talking with him about what it's like here in Nebraska. So so there there's a different connection that comes up when we have new information, we adjust what we're thinking about it. I I I know it's something we have to talk about and I and it's good it's good content 
Don't get me wrong. You're going to find a way to get kicked off this show so it's fast. Good. No, it's good content. I enjoy it, but I don't, man. Head coaching talk. I've been through so many head play coaching. Play the game, Matt. I've been through so many head coaching changes in my life, and I will always play the game. Okay, I'm a company man. But look, I, I, I've been through so many head coaching changes from the Bears, come to Nebraska, all this history, all this and that, and then right, like, right into the fire, another head coaching no, change. No, coaching talk, come on, not man. Only it's that, provocative. It gets not, the people going. Not only that, that's a great song. Not only that, <laughs> it's just like, we're going to do this for so long. It's, oh, yeah. It's, oh. Oh yeah, it's gonna be so stressful and so like tedious and like. Well, don't, you know what? But it, hey, if it gets the numbers up, Matt McMaster's here to do it. <laughs> don't you worry, Matt, because next week we'll have two games to discuss. Oh my god, not one but two. Oh my god, we are not talking coaching candidates next week. We have two games to recap and another one to preview. That's what we're doing next week. Hey, Mickey Joseph goes two and zero. I am talking coaching candidates. Well, yeah. Hey, by the way, some I matchups. Some matchups to watch if you're into coaching candidate search. Uh, Kentucky Ole Miss, that's Stoops v. Kiffin. Mm-hmm. Uh, later on, uh, you also have Kansas and Iowa State. That's Leipold v. Campbell. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, another one that I think some folks maybe, uh, uh, where was it? Where was it? I'll find Those it. are just two good games, by the way. Oh, I'm here very you go. much going to enjoy. Here you go. 2.30 on Fox. Gundy. Aranda. Yep. <laughs> oh, yeah. Gundy Randall. This is the coaching search weekend of matchups. Do it. Two, two coaches may or may not be vying for the, for the head. I can't do it. Six coaches enter. World. I'm sure three of them will get wins, and we don't know if any of them will actually Six get Six coaches will enter, but will any of them want to come here? Coming up next on KLIN Radio. <laughs> oh, jeez. Uh, hey, we've got some opening night discussion. You guys were both there to see the men's and women's hoops teams uh, last night. And then, uh, yeah, we'll get you ready for the game. Tonight, 6.30, uh, 2.30 kick, or 2.30 pregame kicks off here on KLIN. Correct. And 6.30 kick off homecoming night at Memorial Stadium. We're going to wrap this thing up right after this here on the KLIN Husker Hour. Giving you a complete review of the Huskers news this week. This is the KLIN Husker Hour on Lincoln's Husker Radio, 1499.3 KLIN. Uh, if you missed any of this show, you can always head over to the podcast page at KLIN.com. You can see the uh, Facebook Live at KLIN Huskers as well. You can see the this. kid on the Jumbotron. Yes, we're wrapping this thing up. Uh, before we get to opening night, uh, old Herbie coming back next year. Thoughts? Yeah, uh, so modernized. And this is one of the things that you're already getting some people, Jack Mitchell, upset. <laughs> because... You're seeing it used on on merchandise, the old Herbie with the updated to a number one. Yeah, um, they're going uh, to overalls and yeah, with the, with the overalls, with the uh, the corn, corn in the pocket. Yep. Like you're going to still get that. They're just going to give it a modernized look. I don't know what that means. I don't know if he's going to be a little slimmer and trimmer. Um, I don't know what that's going to mean for exactly what he's wearing. If he's holding something, um, but you're going shirtless Herbie. Shirtless, get him a man bun. Um, yeah, or get, a top knot. Th- throw some AirPods in there. Uh, let him be driving a Rivian. Whatever you want to do. <laughs> so there, it's going to be updated, and this is the part where this is making folks like Jack Mitchell upset. Is because he goes, oh, it's already they've already got all the merch. They're just going to update some other stuff. No, 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 no. They're updating it to go on merch. They have it done already. They're giving time for it to go out to suppliers for for retail. Mm. So you're going to start seeing it here in 2023. It'll be in time for fall 2023. I don't know exactly what it's going to look like. It's just going to be an updated design because it was hand-drawn before, so they're going to bring it in just a little bit. This is where I professionally transition because you talk about merch. Give me some Husker Hoops merch. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Speaking of Husker Hoops, how about opening night, fellas? So, we, I mean, you couldn't glean a whole lot. And I've got a story up at KLIN.com, but you couldn't really get a whole lot from the men's basketball side of things. Because yeah. they basically went through a practice. It was a bunch of drills. I have two things. Yeah, go I ahead. Two things. Greasel. Looks like an athlete. Well, didn't didn't yeah. realize. Man's dude's an athlete. Dude's a dude. Big guard. Also, He's got size. Something very too. interesting I noticed. CJ Wilchert slimmed down. He looked he looked a lot skinnier. He looked mm-hmm. a lot faster. He looked a lot more athletic. And it was kind of one of those I was sitting next to Caleb and, and a couple other people and we kind of looked at each other and we're like, That's okay, that's noticeable. But at the same time you start thinking about it and you're like, Well, they really need a shooting guard when you think about it. Like 
I, I don't know if Keisei Tominaga is, you know, with his size and his defensive ability is necessarily a guy that you can start in Big Ten play and have him play 20 to 25 minutes a game. I mean, he's a great spot-up shooter, but you're still going to need someone in that kind of uh, lead role as a shooting guard, and you're kind of looking at this team. And you're like, well, they got size here, and they got Favor or uh, Walker. Sorry, I always think Derek Favors. Yeah, you're I think fine. Derek Walker. That's good. But anyway, you're look, kind of looking at, it and you're like, yeah, this team is gonna need a shooting guard, a true two. And I think it's interesting that just looking at Wilcher and how he kind of slimmed down a little bit, I think he's gonna s- uh, slide into that shooting guard role with Greasel at the one. Probably go with uh, a combination of Wilhelm. Um, and uh, Walker, maybe Oleg will probably get will get some minutes here, uh, you know, in the season. Blaze Keat is going to play more than all Give three of those guys. Sure. So yeah, I mean, it was that's, very, so that's the, the four guys you just mentioned right yeah. there, all six nine and taller. Yeah, yeah. so it's going to be a big team, and I think that's good. I think you can you can work with having a lot of size. I mean, T.J. Wilcher has size, Greasel has size. My the only concern is really kind of that bench. Um, you really don't have. They're not the, deep, but the most depth, yeah, five, five through ten or six through ten rather. So, but I, I think it's interesting just looking at Wilcher slim down. You're like, okay, they're going to have size and they're going to have ability spread four. How about the ladies, Caleb? Um, so they went against a scout team of a bunch of guys, and so like you can only glean a little bit from that as well. But obviously. Jess Shelley still yes. just looks ridiculous. Her and Alexis Markowski, that's going to be a great one-two punch, just like it was last year. Really like the way Allison Widener through the offseason continues to find a way to just get the ball into the paint. Like She was a good slasher a year ago, and I think her being left-handed still throws some people off. Even against the scout team, who sees her every day, mm-hmm. she still gets into the paint. That looks really good. Um, you also had between those three, at Trinity Brady and Izzy Bourne, those were your starters last night. No Sam Hybe. This is the first time after four seasons of having her in the roster. She's out this year with a leg injury. We'll see what that means. The ceiling obviously drops a little bit for this team, but I think they're still poised to make an NCAA tournament run. Um, you also had Hate come in a little bit. Didn't have a Maggie Mendelson there last night because obviously playing volleyball. So six foot five, that's going to factor into your team a little bit when she does get in. Um, also, Ani Stewart had a good showing in the three point shooting contest. OMG. He, yeah, she, was, he, she blew him away. I was shocked. I <laughs> he was I like, mean, she's incredible. She's just hitting everything. She's incredible. <laughs> she's going to be important. They're going to need to spread the floor, especially with her size. I mean, she's going to be a very valuable piece coming off the bench. She's good at that. Yeah. All right. That's going to do it for us. 6.30 kickoff tonight for Indiana. Nebraska volleyball in action at noon tomorrow. And uh, we will see you next Who wins week. tonight? Oh, I think Nebraska wins. Who wins? Indiana. Nebraska. There you go. All right. That's it. Go Big Red. This is the story of Daniel, who was born two months early. His lungs weren't ready. His heart wasn't ready. His parents could only hope that one day he would leave the hospital healthy, and they would all live happily ever after. Daniel's is just one of the more than 500,000 stories of babies born prematurely last year. You can help the March of Dimes stop premature birth and bring more babies home healthy. Learn how at marchofdimes.com. Working together for stronger, healthier babies.